Shkalim Perik Aleph, Mishnah Dalad 1-4. In the previous Mishnah, we ended up saying that the Kohanim must contribute to the Mach like everybody else. And this Mishnah will come to potentially disagree with that point. The Mishnah says, Amr Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda said, Hey ben Bukhri bi Yavna, that this fellow ben Bukhri, when he was in Yavna, Yavna was where the Sanhedrin went immediately after it left Yerushalayim, after the Chorban. And at that time, they collected a number of um, testimonies of people who had, you know, things to, to pass on that shouldn't be forgotten. And there, Ben Bukhri testified, says Rabbi Yehuda, that kol kohen sheshokol eno chote, that any kohen who contributes to the machsa shekel, he doesn't do a sin. That is to say that he's certainly not obligated to do so, that's the implication, but if he does contribute that is not going to be a crime. In other words, first of all, he's arguing that there's an obligation for the Kohanim to give in the first place. He says, no, there isn't. Now, why would there not be an obligation for the Kohanim to give? So, Ben Bukhri understands, it seems, that the Kohanim understood that because the census back in the Midbar, in the desert, when they were giving those Machsa Shekel, the Pasuk specifies that everyone who is counted as part of the census should give the machsa shekel. Everyone should give it, those who are um, counting the census. And since the tribe of Levi weren't included in the census, they should be excluded from having to give the machsa shekel. That's the rationale. But, however, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai rejects that. I'm a Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai said to him, the him is not Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda lived long after Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. This is Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai responding directly to Ben Bukhri at the time of the establishment of the, of the Sanhedrin in Yavne. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai was the Nasi; he was the head, and he said, "Loki." He said that is simply incorrect. You've got a, a garbled Masora. Elakol Cohen she'eno shokel chote. Any Cohen who doesn't give. His machsa shekel indeed does a sin, and that's the proper way to keep the tradition. The thing is, explained from Yochum and Zakai, that the Kohanim rationalized an exemption for themselves based on the following spurious, incorrect drasha. They said, listen, the Pasuk talking about menachos, those are meal offerings, the Pasuk says, V'chol minchas kohen, kalil tia lo se'achel. When it comes to a meal offering brought by a kohen, it can't be eaten by kohanim, it has to be burned. Now, the rationale is that if the kohanim would have a portion of the karbonos tzibor, the communal offerings, which include several menachos, as we'll enumerate in just a moment, the Omer, the Shtei Lechem, and the Lechem Apanim, all are Menachos, and the Kohanim are instructed to eat those things, it must be they mustn't have a portion in them, otherwise they wouldn't be allowed to eat them. Therefore, it must be that they're exempt from making the contribution in the first place of the Machsa Shekel. That is the incorrect rationale that the Kohanim put forth in order to save themselves the Machsa Shekel, says Rabbi Yochanan Zakai. Um, Again, here are the words inside. I, I didn't see the words yet explicitly word for word. So it says, They reasoned that since 
we are permitted to eat the Omer. The Omer is the offering brought, it's a tenth of an ephah, it's brought on the second day of Pesach, Cholmod Pesach, to be matzah, the new crops, the Chadash. The Shteyalechem are the two loaves of bread that are waved um, on Shavuos. And the Lechem Aponim are those 12 unique showbreads that are kept all week long on the Shulchan and the, in the Kodesh and the Heichel. I'm um, exchanged every Shabbos, and the Kohanim every Shabbos eat them, the incoming Mishmari Taf and outgoing Taf, but the point is they eat them. In all these cases, the Kohanim are instructed to eat these breads, and therefore the Kohanim reason must be that we haven't got a chalik, a portion in those breads. How would we be permitted to eat them if they belong to us also? But Rabbi Yochum and Zakai says that's just altogether incorrect. While it is true that the verse does forbid Kohanim from eating menachos that belong to them, that's when it's exclusively a Kohen's mincha. But when it's a jointly owned Korban Zibor, the Kohanim are indeed permitted to eat from the menachos, and therefore the whole rationale is wrong, and therefore Rabbi Yochanan Mazaka says that's incorrect, and the din is like him, like the previous Mishnah, that Kohanim must indeed, and Levim as well for that matter, must indeed contribute to the Machsa Shekel. Just as a side point, um, the the Omer was certainly a bona fide mincha. Um, it was burned in the Mizbech. Um Other, the Shteilechem and the Lechem Apanim actually were never offered on the Mizbech. They're waived. Um, but in the case of the Shteilechem, there's a, there's a Shteibazich and a Levona. There are like two spoonfuls of frankincense that are kept on the Lechem Apanim, and which are are burned on the Mizbech, but the Lechem Apanim are eaten, so they're not really technically offered, but they are referred to with language that um, implies mincha. In the case of in the case of the Shelechem, it's actually called mincha chadasha, a new mincha. In this case of the lechem apanim, it's a, not exactly that way. But anyways, the levona is called an askara, and that is the same as the komet. In any case, the point is those are considered to be uh, menachos, and therefore that was the rationale. Okay, but again, the halacha is like Rabbi Yochum in the previous Mishnah that the kohanim must contribute the machs shekel, just we don't seize their assets to force them through collateral to, to, to make that contribution.